Good morning. Wow. It's kind of thick with presence in here. Jesus is here in a very pronounced way, and we just love it. The Bible's very clear that he dwells in the praises of his people, and so as Ryan was admonishing us, as we just express that heartfelt desperation for the Lord, he always answers yes, and just manifests himself, or that's just a way of saying, makes himself known to us. Um, I just sense in worship that uh, God's doing some healing work today, um, specifically back pain. If you came with some back pain today, he wants to heal that. Uh, any spinal issues, uh, neck pain, uh, difficulty with mobility, um, arthritic conditions. Uh, he heals every sickness and disease, but sometimes uh, the Lord just makes known uh, to stir your faith. And uh, if one of those things is something you're struggling with, just decide today, uh, I'm going to receive that healing. We'll have a prayer team after our service today available. And uh, if you're not feeling that uh, healing yet, uh, by the end of the service, just as you kind of connect your faith, I want to invite you to come. Uh, and the scriptures are clear that when we lay hands upon the sick, they do what? They, they recover. Correct. <laughs> hey, I'm at the right church today. That's amazing. Hey, we just finished our, well, it just didn't just finish, but it's been a month since we've had our Let Them Hear weekend. And Pastor Frank shared on Sunday morning on honor, and I just love the message, uh, how there are three kinds of people. If you didn't get a chance to hear that message, I would really recommend it. Um, you know, people who are, don't, don't show gratitude. There's nothing's going to please them. Nothing's going to make them happy. Then there's the people who show gratitude. They're appreciative um, and what God does and what God is doing in the house of God. And then there are those who honor God, um, who take the step and invest and immediately after that service, uh, just an immediate response to that, that message and that service, a number of you have responded by signing up for Dream Team. And uh, I just want to say thank you, uh, but bless you. Let's just give a shout out to those that are honoring what God is doing uh, by just getting a part of the Dream Team. I noticed, oh, he's, he's still, because he's on camera, uh, Dr. Sam is on the Wally Dolly today. Uh, big shout out, dude. I just love how you serve and... Uh, uh, that you look in the people's mouths so we can then come here and, and run Wally Dolly. And uh, it's just awesome. <laughs> Pastor Sam and Cameron were, were here as well. And as a church, we want to press in in prayer. Um, I'm not sure how we'll con continue to remind ourselves of this, but they, uh, they are 15 years old as a church in Kingston and do not have their own building. They uh, are a mobile church. They meet in a Christian day school, uh, but they have to set up and tear down every single Sunday. And uh, we did that here uh, at Harvest when we planted for uh, just under two years, and we were tired of it. I can't imagine uh, just the weariness. And while they were here, just a sense in my spirit that it's time to call those things that are not as if they are, and to uh, just begin to pray into a building for them to call as their physical home as a church, Impact Church in Kingston. And I just... Say that out loud today so that we can be reminded. Let's pray. Uh, how many would say, as you're reminded of it, that you're going to pray for a building for Impact Church, a sister church in Kingston? God bless you, and that's amazing. Hey, if you're online today, I want to welcome you as well. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Lewis and Linda, who are watching from Perth, and they've been a part of Harvest for two years and uh, watch every Sunday. They are having a house built uh, over by Nav, the uh, Navcan complex uh, in a new subdivision there, and they can't wait to come and be a part in-house, in the room. We're just glad you're able to come and join us online today, along with the many, many others that are with us online today. Hey, uh, Ryan recently shared uh, in a dream team. Ryan's awesome, isn't he? He did the exhortation. I mean, man, Ryan and Brittany are amazing. Love them so much and their family. He was recently sharing uh, at Dream Team, Dream Team Huddle, about a story that kind of struck him. They were doing, as a family, an overnighter uh, at a local uh, hotel, and, um, and they got up in the morning and realized that there was a hockey, hockey tournament in the area, and the fam hockey families were staying in the hotel. And uh, they were watching the dynamics of the uh, families as they were together. And it was obvious they were doing life together. They were just very comfortable with one another. They traveled probably countless nights in a hotel, just like that previous night. And now they're, in the, they're gathering in the Continental Breakfast area. Uh, kids are still in their PJs. 
most of the dads still in their PJs, well, at least the dads that showed up for breakfast to help with the kids. And some of the parents, uh, they're like Canada geese. You ever notice Canadian geese? Some of the couples uh, in the Canada geese, they have a whole bunch of little ones, and some have none. That's because the kids kind of just start gravitating, hanging out where all the kids are. And so some families look bigger. You sit down at breakfast, and wow, are these six children yours? And no, only these two are ours. The other four, well, they belong to, and they just we kind of hang out. And he was just talking about the dynamic of experiencing that. And um, later in a, at a leadership planning meeting, we were together and the story came up. And we asked each other, isn't that what church is supposed to look like? Because our connection point is not a hockey game and our meeting point is not, a, is not an arena. And our connection point is, is actually a pretty significant one when you think about it. It's Jesus and, and eternity. And the team we're on is referred to his body. In other words, we are his hands and feet to represent him to the world. And, and when we have a win, it's not a goal that's scored, but it's somebody who's been touched and reached by his love and experienced that. Maybe someone here today for the first time or online, or maybe you're here today and just you sensed his love being here in his community uh, as you know, a part of Harvest. And, and that's a win for us at Harvest is when you experience God's love because that's our connection point of being a, a part of this community. And the timing of the story seemed like a spark to me because I've been pre preparing a lot of thoughts on connection, community, the power of doing life together as Christ followers. And so I'm starting a series this morning. Uh, we'll start and there'll be a break and we'll come back to it um, because I really, we really believe as a leadership team that this is going to be an emphasis, um, a part of a greater emphasis, but a, a specific emphasis through, into, into this year, our 20th year here at Harvest. And so no face to this morning's um, series, no face, no name, and no story. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your heart's desire, Lord, of what the community of faith is supposed to represent to the world. Yes, to each other, but to the world. And Lord, I just pray that uh, we would uh, understand our mandate, understand the assignment in the days to come. Thank you for this great house. Thank you for those that are here. Thank you for those that are online. Thank you for those that couldn't be here. Lord, bless in Jesus' name right now. Everyone said? So uh, I want to just look at a promise that God made to Abraham as a reference point. I want to set this up a little bit. Uh, I'll set up, give some context, and then we'll kind of have some thoughts about community. And so God makes this promise to Abraham. He says, in your seed or in your children, in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The whole world will be blessed, Abraham, because of you. And the question we can ask is, what was the blessing? Because if you were um, a nation that was uh, conquered by Israel, you weren't feeling the blessing love. I mean, if you were the people in Jericho, you weren't feeling no blessing love right there. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't really a warm and fuzzy moment. You weren't feeling blessed by Abraham and his children and throughout the history of Israel uh, until David, and, and then he had peace, but he had peace because of war. He, he was a conqueror. As we look at this scripture, you know, we have to ask this question, what was then the blessing to the whole world that the seed of Abraham uh, or the children of Abraham, the offspring of Abraham, um, and, and many, many would presume and assume it would be national, natural Israel, the Jewish nation. And in fact, um, it isn't that because Galatians gives us a bit of a hint as the Apostle Paul writes that the blessing to the world isn't coming out of a natural, national uh, uh, entity but rather something that God had in mind, that Israel as a nation was a means to the end, but they're not the end. Say not the end. No, the church is the end. The church is the absolute end. It is, it is the plan that has been in God's heart since all of eternity. In fact, Ephesians, when Paul wrote it, said, this is the eternal plan of God, which means it, it never had a beginning. It's never had an end. It's been in the heart of God. It's called his church, his plan to save the world that all of the world, say all the world? Yeah, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So Galatians gives us this key that we can take back to understand the real children of Abraham. Okay, so there's a, there's a different, different uh, progeny here. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time. So that's a prophecy then, looking forward to the time that we live in today. 
What's more, the scriptures look forward to the time when God would make the Gentiles, and that was just another way in the New Testament to say unbelievers, people that didn't know God, people who weren't the people of God, but now are the people of God, regardless of nationality, the Bible says, regardless of gender, regardless of anything, People are peoples, uh, the people of God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles, unbelievers, right in his sight because of their faith. So they would put faith in Jesus and become people of faith, become recipients of the blessing. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, here's the promise that I just read, the, 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 the fulfillment of the blessing, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of the faith. We'll share, share the blessing. Say that with me, share the blessing. That's really important what we want to talk about today. We want to know God and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And that's kind of our mantra here at Harvest. It's, it is our mission statement. It is what we do. And the question this morning is how is the world going to receive this blessing of knowing God, finding freedom from yesterday, discovering they have a purpose, and then making a difference by fulfilling that and being engaged in kingdom work? How does the world get the blessing? Because this has been the plan of God all along. There's, been no, plan, there's no plan B. The plan A was his church today. And so I'm setting this up, this context, because it may be simpler than we think. In fact, I, I, I'm, I'm quite certain it is. And as I share this today, and I think the timing is perfect, as, as Ryan said a moment ago, there's just something in the atmosphere, um, and, and I just believe as we shift, we're true to who we are, we're gonna continue, but a shift of being a little more intentional. Jesus said this to his disciples. A new command I give you. Brand new. It's brand new. New in the box, never been opened. I'm giving it to you for the first time. Brand new command. Love one another. Wait a minute. No, that was a Levitical law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another, love your neighbor. Wait a minute, that's not new. As I have loved you, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how is this a new command? And without taking a lot of time, because sometimes I get tedious with context, and it's not as important as I think it is. I just love studying. But let me unpack this just briefly for you, that it is a brand new command under a new covenant. It is a brand new command under a new covenant, under a new promise that God gave. And the brand new covenant is in Jesus' blood because his love expressed. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. The love manifested to the world. How is the world going to experience his love. They're going to experience by the new commandment under the new covenant because what has never happened before, what has never taken place in history up to this moment is I have loved you. God in the flesh. God incarnate, we say. Christ was God coming in human form to express to human beings the love of God. Humanity had never experienced in the flesh, God's love. They had done it in distance, but never in the flesh touch, skin on skin. He touched the lepers. He touched the deaf ears. He embraced people. God in the flesh came incarnate, and then he releases his church to be the incarnation of God's love on the earth. This is a new command because it's a new covenant. The world had never felt and doesn't feel his love unless those who've experienced his love love somebody else and expresses that love to them that opens the door for them now to receive personally into their lives the love of God. New command under a new covenant. Very powerful. You, and I'm being tedious because you need to see this. Because if we, this, this is holy. This is, this is when we talk about when we're around those who don't know the Lord, it doesn't need to be difficult, but it does need to be expressional. It does need to be Christ incarnate. And Jesus said that that love would be irresistible to the world. 
irresistible to the world and cause them to receive his love as well and come into relationship with Jesus. So that's the high arcing goal of the, of the church, we could say. That's our mission, is to, is to be loved by him in a way that we understand that we can love another human being in a way that we can love another the way Jesus loves us. So how Jesus loves us, we love others. That represents Jesus to the world. Quite frankly, the church in history has not done a good job representing the church to the world. I better stop there. I'll get on a soapbox. So that's the target, but we need to kind of lower the bar. That's, that's the high, our learning, being loved, and then expressing that love to others. So, when the church got started in the book of Acts, um, a scripture that I told you uh, late summer that I would frame this year with, let's just go back to it for a moment. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. These were the high-level things that, that the new church said, these are priorities. This is what we're going to give ourselves to, devote ourselves to. And so we're not a hockey team. We, the commonality we have that automatically draws us together is, is Jesus. Jesus and you and Jesus and me. And Andy Stanley says it this way in his book, Irresistible. I just love this. He said, you'll never be closer to the divine than you are when you are in the presence of an others, another spirit indwelt person. You will never be closer to the divine. The world gets close to the divine. The world gets close to God. The world can get a taste of the love of God, not by our preaching and teaching, because that's for us, <laughs> but by being in the presence of a person who's indwelt by the Spirit of God. So I want to get closer to God, and then we get closer to God's people. And so how do we do that? They, that's just simple this morning. They devoted themselves to fellowship. I want to talk about that word, fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship, which, by the way, is being put on par with teaching, apostolic teaching and preaching, and prayer. Oh, yeah, Pastor, we got to be praying more. They got revivals going in Kentucky. They're praying around the clocks, going, it's happening. Got to get the prayer meetings going. Yes. Pastor, we need teaching. We need really good teaching. Yes. Hey, church, we need fellowship. <laughs> and I just, just, I'm just saying, just putting it there to make an emphasis. So when we devote ourselves, we give ourselves to something that's important, understanding it won't happen on its own. We have to devote ourselves to it because human nature says it won't happen on its own. Relationships don't happen on their own. We have to devote time and emotional energy and money, and, and we, 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 can start, we can start by saying, we get this morning, just, let's just lay this out. This is what I believe with all my heart. I think we have great community here at Harvest. I think it's awesome. I think we have an incredible family that I, I am so proud of. But I believe that God is speaking to us about strengthening what we have so that we cannot just love one another, that the one another love in us spills into and begins representing him in this region so that when they're near us, they're near him. And so we'll talk about in the next, this, this week begin, next week a little bit more, the one another's of the New Testament. And we just read one from Jesus. Love one another. Say one another. We're going to look at some of the one anothering, but they're framed in by the high, high level love one another. Everything comes under that one. You can't do the other ones without loving and understanding I'm loving because he loved me. It's supernatural. It's a capacity given to us at new birth to receive another human being into space that we otherwise wouldn't have space for. But when we devote ourselves to this, we begin to find out that Jesus is the one that creates the space and the capacity in our life for his love to flow through us and touch another human being. It's not something you can do on your own. It's not something I can do on my own. It's not about, oh, we just got to love better around here. No, it's that we have to be loved to love and then practice it. Back in the day, this word fellowship 
back in the day growing up. It, was, it really was, and we don't use the word a lot. It's a Bible word. I'm pointing to it today. We don't use it a lot because it was in the column of Christianese, just Christian words that when you say it, like, do you ever say to a coworker, um, I'm going out for fellowship. It's 12 o'clock. I'm taking a coworker with me. We're just going to go have some fellowship. We, we don't use the word. We say we're going to go have lunch. We're going to hang out. Or I'm hanging out with my friends. Or going on vacation with people I do life with. Like that's kind of the, kind of the way we say these things. But back in the day, we called it fellowship, which in church simply meant, which is, by the way, this word. They devoted themselves to fellowship. It's a Greek word, koinia. It doesn't matter. Except that the Greek word koinia gets translated into a bunch of English words that we're going to just take time to look at, one of them being fellowship. And uh, in fact, it's actually uh, in our name, Harvest Christian. And we just shortened it to Harvest. Um, but our full name, if you're really serious about our church, Harvest Christian Fellowship, <laughs> you can use the full name. And then we have a tagline, uh, we are a relational church with a heart for the harvest. And, uh, and so it gets translated. So it's in our name, fellowship. What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Well, back in the day when I was a kid, it just meant food. It meant there would be food at the meeting. And so uh, the ladies' prayer meeting will be at 10 o'clock. Come for a time of fellowship. That meant prayer would be from 10 to 10.30 and there would be coffee and donuts afterwards. Youth meetings. Come for a time of fellowship. We would uh, have I don't, part I don't remember. And then there was a part I do remember when we would go and hang out with some other churches. Uh, I, I was in a little rural town. And uh, once every couple of months, we would go into the city and have all the youth groups would get together. And then we'd go out to McDonald's and have fellowship. And you'd get to talk to the girls that you thought were cute from the other youth group and get find out their name. And we didn't have social media back then. So you had to use a telephone. And that was a thing with a cord on it in the house. And the only way you could do it without your mom knowing was to go around a corner somewhere or go out. We had one out outside in our shop, in my dad's workshop. That was the real cool place where I could call Christina and we could talk because I met her. I met her during fellowship. And then fellowship took on a whole new aspect of meeting after that. But fellowship. Some of you are here this morning. Gets translated in different English words. And one of them is to share. Say share. So when we say share, we, I mean, we kind of know we should share. We should be sharing one with another. And we think we have the assignment. I just want to double check. Let's watch this video. Make sure we understand the assignment. Sally Squirrel had a cozy little home in the big oak tree. There was plenty of room for her, and she felt so free. She was proud of her home and liked living alone, listening to music on her tiny squirrel headphones. One day, Charlie Chipmunk knocked on Sally's door and asked for a nut or two. He was making lunch and needed a few more nuts to finish his acorn stew. Sally had plenty of nuts, but said, I need all these nuts for me. Charlie went away sad, scampering home and made some dandelion tea. Charlie decided to finish the pot, saying, I guess I'll just have to make do. The next day, he went back to Sally's house to give her some of his stew. Sally was surprised and asked, Why would you share with me? Charlie said with a smile, It is better to give than to receive. Charlie went on, First, I was sad because you would not share, but that did not mean that I should not care. You are still my neighbor, and you need to know, I will always be there for you whenever you come or go. Sally learned that day that sharing is not just giving when someone gives to you. It is sharing to show how much you care no matter what others do. Sally opened up her cupboards and said, Charlie, take all the nuts you need. Let's see how many others we can feed. The two of them became best friends, and Sally was never selfish again. When you show others you care by being willing to share, 
There is enough love to go to everyone, everywhere. I sent it to Karen to queue up. She goes, she a couple days later, she goes, I just want to double check. This is the video that you want to show on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, the gospel according to Charlie the Chipmunk. Um, and this is done for educational purposes. This is not done for, like, Christian education. This is just people understand the assignment. And they understand it all too well. And so sharing, sharing time and resources. And, and I just want to say it this way. When we devote ourselves to this as a church, it simply means we need to be around people. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, I just, I know that's so profound, but if we are Sally Squirrel with our little squirrel headphones on at home, um, then we never get around others in a way that sharing can take place. And so there's this, there's this scripture, and I want you to see this, when Jesus was choosing who he was going to hang out with to do life with for three and a half years to begin this process. And he loved on them for three and a half years, and then they did, and so on and so on. It says he appointed 12 that they might be with him. So I want you to see appointed, and then that, that whole thing is that, that there's an appointing, there's an acknowledgement, there's a, there's a touch of heaven on what he did when he said, I pick you. And it says simply to be with him. Say, with him. That's it, just hang out. Who are you with? Who am I with? So if we devote ourselves to fellowship, what we're saying is this idea of sharing, it's really just sharing time and space to begin with. And that there needs to be a with you for this to happen. And you need to appoint somebody to be with you, to come into your space. And I want to just throw out how practically this isn't difficult and how practically this can happen. And it happens a little bit, but I think it could happen more and it's an easy way to have happen. We've designed, um, we've designed our uh, environment here before and after service to be conducive. If you come a little early, there's coffee waiting. If you hang out a little bit later, that people hang out and talk together. And if you're that person um, that really identifies with Sally and wants to get home and get your, your little squirrel headphones on, I get that. I understand that. But if you'll just take a moment sometimes an interaction and just know a face, recognize somebody that you've seen here. You go, yeah, you go to Harvest, I go to Harvest, and meet them before or after church. We can simply just say, hey, I want to introduce myself. My name is Roy. What's your name? And we have nationalities now that names are sometimes difficult because they, they're, 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 the sounds are different than we're used to. And you might have to, like I do, ask them several times to say their name. And then ask them the way I try to do, did I get it right? Because sometimes they're frustrated after time four. And they're going, yeah, that's, just, that's exactly the right way. And I'm going, I know it isn't. Help me phonetically say it. Because your name is so important. And that you put that name with that face. And a three-minute, four-minute, and then as you get comfortable after a few weeks and you get to see that person. I remember when I first went to university, uh, I came from a small high school, and I go to London University, uh, University of Western Ontario. It was massive. My psychology class, one, one, one class had 400 people in it. And at the beginning of the semester, everybody's trying to get a seat because they overbook classrooms because they know by Christmas uh, about half have checked out and there was lots of seats. But, but get there and, I, you know, you look for somebody to sit with at a lecture table at that too. And, man, it's awkward if you just sit there and never, you know, give eye contact. But if you, and then you kind of meet somebody and you got their name and then I had a table partner for, you know, the semester. And you know that's kind of how it works. And here at church is that basic as we devote ourselves. But there's actually an anointing that happens because Jesus and me and Jesus and you and Jesus appointing or Jesus anointing, actually anointing. There's a, a Holy Spirit activity when the divine and two people get... And there's this kind of like, and you're sensing something and feeling something, and you start talking, and you, and, but it begins with, you've got to open up some space to be anointed to be with each other. And then, profound as that sounds, kind of easy to do, and some do it, and I would really encourage that more of us really would be devoted to this. Say devoted. Being intentional, be devoted. That you could ask somebody over for a meal or a coffee and bring them into your home. And that's really when things start cooking and start getting good. Because you go from face name 
to knowing a story. Know a name, know a face, know a name, know a story. Peter said this. He said, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. And what he, what he was sharing was that as we get into a context where we discover this capacity for another human being in Christ, that we ha- or someone who doesn't know Jesus yet, but we begin with doing it here, that when they come into our space, there's something that, that's, that's other than us. It's not us. It's, it's the Holy Spirit flow through our lives. That something happens when we love them by being a conduit of Jesus. We become his hands, his feet. We represent what he would be saying. So, you know, we're not judging. We're, we're not, you know, controlling. We're not, we're not doing these things that we do as we're learning. We're being loved by him. We're all being transformed. We're all broken and trying to figure this out. But as we practice it and do it, that actually his love covers the multitude of stuff that's not fixed in me yet, but it's getting fixed because I'm hanging out with you and you're hanging out with me. So above all, oh, above all, oh, more important than, more important than a prayer meeting maybe. Hmm, more important than, well, above all, say above all. I'll let you figure out your above all, whatever that might be. If that bothered you that I said above a prayer meeting, there might be something religious in you that God's working out, and that's okay. We love you deeply. Uh, uh, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Back in the day, we used to say it this way. It used to drive me crazy because people would say, I, I just love you with the love of the Lord. Brother, I just love you with the love of the Lord which usually meant they were ticked off with you. They were having a conversation about offense or something. But you need to know I love you with the love of the Lord. I mean, that was a lot of the Christianese. I could just remember that. It was, we made sure we canceled that one. Because as a kid, I remember going, what does that mean? What does it mean? I heard it a lot. I just love you with the love of the Lord. And then I realized what it meant. Absolutely Nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. It was a cliche-ish way of just expressing, I guess we're Christians, and I love you with the love of the Lord, but I won't see you ever again. We're never going to talk. We're never. And so Peter says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Breath, same verse. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Interesting. That's the whole verse. So how do I love you with the love of the Lord? by offering hospitality to you without grumbling. So let's talk about that just for a minute. Because here's one, one of the one another's. Offer hospitality to one another. Here's one of them. Love one another. How do we do it? By offering hospitality without grumbling. Why are we doing this? Because we're devoted to fellowship. Hospitality is simply this. An invitation to somebody to come into your space. Could be your space here. And that's all the space you have right now. It's all the space you're comfortable with. It's space before and after church. Awesome. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Ah, I'm not wired that way. I'm more like Sally Squirrel. I'm not a Charlie Squirrel. I'm a Sally Squirrel. I know, it's harder for us Sallies. But don't be a Sally about it. Or I was going to say a Karen, but we do have Karens. I got to be careful. (laughs) That's not in my notes, and I shouldn't have said it out loud. (laughs) Come into my space. Come into my world. Because where we're really going is no, uh, no face, no name, no story. Because that's where, that's, where, that's where it really starts to take place. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Well, why would we grumble having somebody come into our space? Some of the, some of the Charlie squirrels, you're like, oh, come on. I mean, I love being around people. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you're wired differently. But let, let, me, let me, we all have a grumble. Hospitality. Grumble. Say hospitality. Yeah, that's, that's your space. Whatever space that is that you're going to offer, invite into, and it can be your physical space in your home, which is really cool. And then grumble. Say grumble. What's the grumbling part? So what are we devoting ourselves to, and why, why do we have to devote ourselves to this? Because there's a grumble. There's, a, there's an aspect of grumble. We all have it. Let me, let me illustrate it. Um, I love my kids. Whenever you have to kind of front and load things like that, 
It's not that I never not love them. It's just I'm going somewhere with this. You realize I love my kids. And I got to tell you, I love my grandkids more. I just do. I just love them more. I have more love for them. I just feel the love more. I love them more. In fact, my whole clan's coming over today for lunch. Uh, we have, a, we have a, um, a, a, a social media group called the Fam Jam. And, uh, and so every, every so often is like monthly is ideal. doesn't always work out that way. But we try to get key times where they just come over after church for lunch. And this Sunday, uh, we're doing that. And I can't wait. It's going to be just Andrew's making smash burgers, and uh, it's going to be great. But some Sunday afternoons, unexpectedly and unannounced, one of our sub-clans arrives at the door with children and dog in tow. They all have dogs, and so it could be Arlo, could be Cusco, could be Ricky, could be Scout. And the door opens, and come the kids. The dog's already in. Their dog's fighting with my dog. Um, you know, I've just teed up a Netflix movie because this is unexpected at the front door. I've lit the fireplace. I've got blankies on the couch to snuggle with Christina. I probably have a snack close by and some beverages. And at that moment, as the door comes through and they're all coming in, I have some grumble. I've got some grumble. Now, because of my love for them, I get over the grumble. I get over it. Kinda. I get over it and and I deal with it, but there's grumble because I wasn't expecting. I didn't make the space for this to take place. But there is a built-in, and so we we course and Christina will say, What do you got? I, I don't want to they're coming up the driveway. I go, I don't want to do this right now. She goes, Get a smile on because because she's she's Charlie Squirrel and I'm Sally Squirrel. And she's like, get a smile on your face because you're gonna, you know you're gonna like it. You don't don't meet them at the door like we hi guys, we weren't expecting you today. Don't do that. Open the door really wide, make some space, right? And I get over my grumble. See, being devoted to hospitality is gonna rub your individuality the wrong way. The grumble is I like my space. It's not comfortable having others come into that space until I start appreciating the interaction and the anointing and the Holy Spirit and God begins to do something I can't make happen or do. And at the end of it, and what, if you've ever had a small group meeting that you were just like, oh, I don't want to do this. And at the end, you went, oh, I'm so glad I did this. Because you experienced the divine it's something supernatural. It's not a hockey team. And as great as that is, as great as that is, and many have experienced it, it's supposed to be that times a zillion when Christians open their lives and make room for others. Now, I didn't share the story with you. Don't, don't, some, of you some of you Charlie's girls are completely misunderstanding this. So I want to really clarify this. Today after church, you should not drive around the city with your children in the car and your pets looking for somebody else from Harvest that you want to get to know and ring their doorbell and test their grumble. Okay, please, that's not what the illustration was about. I've actually had that happen, and you gotta, you got to put boundaries up and explain to those people that I wasn't expecting you and I don't have that much love for you yet so I can't make that space because I'm really going to, I can't, I can't fulfill the word here. I'll be grumbling. But you can decide on your space that you will give. You can decide that. Of course, my kids have all my space and the, the moral of the story and the, the illustration that the reason I'm giving you it to you is it's, it's, to, it's to point out we all have grumble when it comes to opening up space to other people. We would prefer not to until we do. And then when it becomes a lifestyle and the Holy Spirit is flowing. And this last thought, because there's just two that I had today on what this word means, it also means communication. Communication. This is God speaking, Hosea chapter six. I want your constant love, not your animal sacrifices. I would rather have my people know me than, my, than burnt offerings. And I want to paraphrase it just to bring it into today because this is an Old Testament, but it has a principle. It basically says this, God speaking the exact same way. I want your constant love, not your religious activities. I'd rather have you know me than getting involved with a whole bunch of religious activities that I'm not in. God wants to be known and understood. 
I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. See, God wrote that, not foreigner. You don't, maybe don't know that. There's a cool foreigner story about that song, if you want to Google and check it out, about God's love. And so God says, I want you to experience, I want you to know, fully know me. And he says, and I'm going to put that into you. So that in the first time in history under the new covenant, it's the only place it's possible. It's the only place that it's happened in human history. I give you a new covenant because it's under a new commandment, sorry, because it's under a new covenant, it's possible. That God created in every human being a need that comes out of God to be fully known and fully loved. You see, God is perfect, and you and I are not. Noah face, Noah face, Noah name, Noah story. Noah story. Be fully known and fully loved. Because we all have a story. Some parts we like, some parts we don't like, some we're proud of, some not so much. The Hallmark movies, all 562 of them at Christmas time, that have the same plot line. Boy meets girl, girl meets boy. One of them has a secret, false identity, different name, whatever the case may be. They start to fall in love. Now they're, they're caught because, because they're falling in love. I, I need to have that conversation where I sit down and I go, there's something you need to know about me. Remember in the Hallmark? You re, how many remember? Just keep, we're almost done. We're almost done. Promise. I'm not who you think I am. And you're watching the movie and going, you idiot. You have this perfect relationship going on. What are you spoiling it with that for? They're never going to find out. They'll never know. 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 But the human heart says, but I want to be known and loved. I want to be loved and known. It's a cry that God put into us. He, he has it. He put it into us. Amazing. It's amazing. So every one of those stories, it has to be known. And it, to, to risk losing the relationship. But those that are based on love, they persevere and they get together and they live happily ever after. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. And the first part of this verse is a beautiful picture of what we experience as Christ followers in his house. Like a day, to day, a day like today. And people that may have had backache that already maybe you're feeling like, hey, wait a minute, I don't have any anymore. And that where Jesus is, where the gospel is being preached, there is a power to heal the sick and cause people to be saved, to have their sins forgiven, to meet Jesus. The earmark of the gospels throughout Jesus' ministry was salvation from sin and healing of physical bodies. Those two things go together to say God is on the move and he's saving people. Yes? Yes, yes, we, we, that's what we want God's presence, right? Right, right? Prayer faith, God's moving. How do we know the sick are being healed, people are getting saved? But goes on, because it's only half the story. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. God will give forgiveness of sin, but the body brings healing. And let me end with this thought. This is where kind of the context, we'll keep doing the one, we'll talk about one another's. But as we talk about this in the weeks to come, in and out, phase in and out, but making this an emphasis this year, connection for a divine purpose of the blessing that God wants for the world. Humanity is broken and needs, yes, to be healed, their sins forgiven and their bodies healed. But then what? But then what? To have the wounds of a broken life that's been sinned against. I have sinned. I've been sinned against. To have the brokenness of my life fully known, fully loved. And that only happens in the context of community. The first one is the prayer of faith. We have faith in God's power to, re to release salvation, to release for healing. But then he says, there's something that you're going to do one to another. You're going to share in safe places 
And this is, this is a wonderful, but it starts over here. Just, hey, hey, what's your name? You go to Harvest? You might do that with 20 people until there's a, you feel like I can, I'd like to invite you closer into my space. And then all of a sudden, you're in my space and I need to tell you who I really am. I've been an addict. I'm still struggling. Hey, it's okay. I love you. I've really enjoyed our times together. I maybe don't understand addiction, but I understand a God that loves you and I love you and I want to make space in my life. Could, could I be that person that checks on you from now on and just texts you going, how's it going today? I would love that. I've never had someone that would know my story and yeah, yeah, I'm going to check on you. Well, by the way, just before we go, let's pray and believe God to heal whatever is broken in your life that keeps you medicating. <laughs> it's irresistible. Brothers and sisters, it's irresistible. And as we do it together, can you imagine as we begin to make space, to make space for a world that's broken, that not only will get saved, not only will get healed in their body, but will find places in a community where they belong before they believe. How are they going to believe? They're going to experience His love in us. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Please understand that as challenging as this, I know feels because it, it's the grumble part, it's the rub. And that's, a, well, that's, that's easy to deal with, just that's nothing. So this this morning is not, it feels challenging, it's not a challenge, it's a get to. And just right now, just, wow, wow, what God wants to do, how God wants to use us, and it's so simple. And so just as you're sitting in this room and the Holy Spirit's just speaking to you about maybe you're not intentional the way the Holy Spirit wants you to be. And you're just deciding in this service right now to devote yourselves to fellowship. And that might be once a month. It might be just that three, four minutes, five minutes here after church. But you're willing, you're hearing something. You're willing to go, I want to grow in this. I want to grow in this. all across this room. Someone in the room right now, and I know this, this is inevitable. Yeah, nobody invites me into their space. I know, because you're a Charlie, and you can make dandelion wine. You don't understand, Pastor. All I got is stupid old dandelion wine. I haven't got anything to give somebody else. Nobody ever invites me. Turn the tables. Go home, make some dandelion wine. Was it wine in the video? Why am I thinking about wine? I shouldn't be thinking about wine right now. Tea, thank you. Dandelion tea. <laughs> Nothing spoils a prayerful moment like wine. Okay. Or enhances it. It all depends. It just it depends. Oh, Jesus. And you just decide to go home and make some tea and invite somebody into your space. Lord, all across this room, just the power of this, the simplicity and yet the power, the power of being a people devoted to this. And it's fun too. <laughs> hey, just before we shift gears, the worship team is gonna sing and we're gonna dismiss you in just a moment. But if you're in this room today and you feel like you might belong here or you wanna belong here, but you've never believed that Jesus is the antidote to sin, what keeps us separated from a personal relationship with God? You might be here saying, I don't know that I've ever experienced God's love personally. I want to receive him into my life today. I want to receive him. If that's you today, online, you can text. I'm making the decision today. If you're in the room, simply raise your hand wherever you are right now. Just lift it up so I can see it. I want to include you in a prayer as we invite Jesus into your life today. Is there anyone today in the room? I just want to glance around, wave at me. Okay, so have somebody else wave at me. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for being brave enough to do that today. Anybody else today? Just want to wait a moment just before we congratulate. No, don't congratulate yet. Just wait a minute. Hang on. Anybody else? Aaron, can you be seated, buddy? Aaron, be seated, please. Anyone else today? I just want to wait. Now, let's put our hands together and congratulate someone that's brave enough. Wow, we are so proud of this moment. And together, we want to pray this prayer with you today. We are for you. 
if you raised your hand or wanted to, online, if you texted in, pray this prayer with us. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I want to experience it today. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. I want to be brand new. Be born again. I receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time, come on, God is with you. Awesome. Stand to your feet. Let's sing this song just before we're dismissed today.